I got 20 bucks. So I'm just a little curious if anyone would want it. Our, okay, let me, let me lay down the conditions. To get it, you have to put on this mic and participate in this game. Um, you have to talk on a microphone, so I don't want you to be scared. Yes, you in the very top. I can't see who you are. Yep, you pointing at yourself with your thumb. Okay, very good. All right. Okay, you're volunteering her. These, this whole area thinks you should come. Okay, come on. All right, I need a, yeah, sure. I need a boy now because I have two girls. And I'm not, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking for a guy. I'm looking for a guy right down front. Okay, come here. Okay, these are my three contestants. Now, you got to wear this mic. They'll teach you how to do it. Now, as soon as these people get mic'd up, this is what's going to happen. They are going to have one minute on a countdown clock, and they're going to need to try to convince each other to vote for them to get the 20 bucks, okay? Only one of you will get $20, and I don't have a vote. Only the three of you vote for each other. And the only way someone wins is if three people vote for one of you, okay? So you essentially have to agree to give it to somebody to get it on your market set, go. You have one minute, you have to, 57 uh, seconds. To do what? You, to do what? Okay, really? <laughs> Pause, all right, they didn't listen to the rules. All right, start the countdown to the beginning. What is going to happen is, uh, this is $20, one of you is gonna get it. The only way you get it is if you convince the other two to pick you. Like one of you wins by the other two saying, yeah, I think we should give it to Tony or whoever, okay? All right, so I have no vote. The audience has no vote. One of the three of you oh will win and the three of you are the only three people in the room with a vote on your market set, go. The reason I would need that $20 is because I come to church on every Sunday and I'd put every one of those single dollars into the giving box to pay, help pay for the church. Whoa. I think I should, oh, okay. All right, all right. I think I should get it because my parents give me money to come to 4640 so I can buy my dinner, and I think I should have it so I can, like, pay them back. Um, I think I should get it because every Sunday when we go to church, I put it in the, I don't remember what it's called. Donation, donation box. The, yeah, that. Donation, donation box. box. The donation box, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you guys have 17 seconds. Unless right. you agree, no one's getting it. I'm keeping it. All right. 13 so, seconds. One of I will <laughs> give it to me, please. Me. No, me. I, I, I'll see. Please, just like please. me. Please. Oh God. Please, ah. please, 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 please. Okay, you. please. What happens? We give it to her. We give it to her. Yeah. Okay, why? What happened? We, uh, it was loud. I panicked and she seemed like the most responsible person. <laughs> <laughs> and you just went with it. And yeah. You're like, somebody should win. Somebody should win. All right. That's pretty impressive. I'll give each of the rest of you five bucks. Oh, really? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Give her five bucks. Whoever didn't win. Okay. Now, that was a tough gig because here's the truth. You, you have to communicate with each other and then you have to do something completely selfless. Like all three of you can't stick to your gun. Somebody's gonna have to say, I choose to, I choose this other person. 
I choose this other person's needs, their desires, their wants above my wants. I choose to let them and I choose to be generous. And that's what we're talking about tonight. It's our versus series and we're saying greed versus generosity. And the truth is that most people live with a life of, of greed. They're thinking about themselves. They're worried about themselves having enough toilet paper, apparently. They're worried about themselves having what they need. They're looking out for number one. But what we don't often stop to realize is if you buy all the hand soap, you're still going to get coronavirus because I don't have any soap and I can't wash my hands and now I got you my germs. We're in it together. We're in life together. And so if we all come at life with this attitude of greed, we all come at life with this attitude of I got to take care of me, I got to look out for myself, then in the end, we're all going to come up empty. And that's why when Jesus came, he flipped that upside down. He said, whoa, it's not just about one, it's not about any one person it's not about getting as much as you can. It's not about lording it over others and keeping everyone under your thumb. It's about giving. It's about giving your life away. It's about serving others. And so Jesus took this mindset and flipped it upside down and inside out and made everything different when he came. And that's what this whole series is all about. Now, if you would, take out your device, your phone, your um, whatever you got with you tonight. If you have one, it's okay if you don't. Some blue team nearby might lend you one. We're going to do a survey on Kahoot's, and there's how you do it. You go to www.kahoot.it, okay? So go to that real quick. We only, we have a limited amount of time, so as fast as you can get there, get there. And then you enter 927200, okay? That's what you want to do. Enter that. Get to that website and enter that. And then it's gonna let you pick a name or you, it picks a name for you, for your screen name. You're gonna go up on the screen and we're all gonna see you. It'll assign you like Rainbow Unicorn or something like that, even though you're an eighth grade boy. There we go. Proud Hawk, Glad Lark, very good. Mountain Emu, that was a good one. Okay, so everybody's signing in, sign in. In just a few minutes, we're gonna take this survey together and it's gonna challenge us to ask this question, how generous am I as a human being? How generous am I? You're gonna be given some challenges about generosity. Okay, take another five seconds to log in. We still have a lot popping up, so we'll just give you a couple more seconds. Couple more seconds. Okay, anybody like, I need one more second. I'm, one more, okay, all right. Couple secs, all right. We're gonna have to start anyways. If you're not there, do your best. Okay, now, while, while you're finishing up, give me your attention. I know it's crazy. We're using our phones in church. It's awesome. But here's what I want you to know. When we put up the questions, there are obviously answers that are kinder than other answers, okay? But I don't want you to pick the churchy answer and be like, yeah, it's obviously D is the nicest answer every time and A is the rudest answer every time. We know that. We're not asking what's the right answer, we're asking what would you actually do? So we're gonna give you situations and circumstances and you have to decide what would you actually do, what's the most realistic, true thing that you would do? Don't just give me a right answer. All right, we've been at 65 for a couple minutes, so let's go ahead and jump in. Question number one, in three, two, one. 
old people lawn care. Yep, here you go. Imagine that a poor elderly neighbor asked for help with his yard work. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think A, ugh, and make up a reason that you can't help quick? Do you think, what is the bare minimum I can do because I can't actually say no? Do you think, this is gonna suck, but he owes me and I'll just do it? Or D, do you think, I'm so glad she asked me for help. I am so honored that this person asked me for help. Go ahead and enter your answer. You only have three seconds remaining before it times out. Get your answer in quick. Okay. Wow, okay, so 54% of you said, you would literally, 64% of you literally said you would be thankful that your elderly neighbor asked you for help with their yard work. Okay, so that means you have to go do it too. You got that, right? Okay, very few of you said you would make up an excuse. Very few, 17% said you'd try to the bare minimum, but you wouldn't say no. And 17% also said, you're like, it's probably gonna suck, but I'd still do it. Okay, honestly, honestly, I would probably, it, I would probably end up picking, like it's probably gonna suck, it's gonna be hard, but I'm still gonna do it. Um, so wow, good for you, some of you were that generous. But we need to answer, what would we truly do? I'm gonna tell all your grandparents you're a lot more willing to help with yard work than they realize. Question number two, let's see what happens. Here we go, video game on. Here it is. Imagine your brother wants to play your PS4. He's past the going to break your stuff phase, so you're probably safe there, but it's still yours. What do you do? What do you do? Do you A, A, do you say, uh, slam the door in his face and yell something hurtful? B, hurry and get online and start a game so he cannot join you? C, half-heartedly agree to let him play maybe next weekend, or D, let him play and even give him a, fro a few pro tips along the way. Okay, you have nine seconds remaining to enter your answer. What would you really do? What would you really do? Okay, wow, all right. 40% would let your brother play, 25% would slam him out hard, 13% the door in the face, 22% some kind of half-hearted promise. You know, I, I understand that, that's, that's real, but here's what I want you to see. First two questions in the generosity quiz had nothing to do with money. What did they have to do with? Time and relationships and resources, okay? So when we're talking about generosity, we're not just talking about what do you do with your money, we're talking about what do you do with your love? What do you do with your affection? What do you do with your time? What do you do with your encouragement? What do you do when, when you're being hospitable or hosting someone? This is all, all this stuff combines into generosity. All right, let's take a look at the third question. Funny money, so this is a money question. Here we go. You earn 50 bucks, what do you do? All right, what do you really do, okay? Really do. Spend that money. Spend some and keep some for later, like maybe tomorrow. Or spend some, save some, give a few bucks to someone in need. Or D, give God 10%, that's a tithe. Save some and lastly, spend some. 
Now I need to know, I look in the offering box here every week, so I know if you're gonna be telling the truth on this question. Okay, what are you really gonna do? What are you really, really, really gonna do? 33% said you would tithe, you would give God 10%, you would then save some, and lastly, you would spend some. Everything else is 29%, 24%, 14%. Only 14% said they would drop that money that fast. Okay, all right, you guys can put away your devices. That, that, that concludes our survey time. But the point of it is, is each one of us needs to ask ourselves this question. How generous am I? Like, how generous am I really? Because sometimes it's easy to be generous with a stranger, but hard to be generous with our sibling. Sometimes we're super kind to impress a friend's parent, but we're kind of mean and harsh and completely lack generosity towards our own mom or dad. And so tonight we want to take a look at greed versus generosity. We want to evaluate how generous am I really being in real life? What am I doing with my resources? So we all have resources. Maybe right now you don't have a lot of money, but you can still be incredibly generous with your love, with your kindness, with your encouragement. Are you stingy with compliments? Because if you're stingy with compliments, you're going to be stingy with money. It's all connected. It's all connected. How do you treat someone when they come to your house or when you're inconvenienced, like you don't really want to, but your mom's making you stop over at your great Aunt Myrtle's house and it's kind of a little bit stinky and there's really nothing to do. Are you gracious and generous towards her with how you interact with her? Or are you just on your phone the whole time waiting to get out of there? We have resources and they might not be money, but we can still choose generosity. And it really, really matters how we manage those things. Generosity is bigger than money, but it also does include money. Now, here's what I want us to do. Joe, if you want to come mess around with this, it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, so we bought a cantaloupe. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to just, we got some swords, we got some knives. I don't know. Get it open for us. We just need to bust that baby open. Now, let's imagine this cantaloupe represents represents, okay, just don't let it come flying out of your hand. Fruit Ninja. Oh, wow, okay. All right, so imagine this cantaloupe. Okay, I wasn't prepared for that. It's cool though. You do, you, uh, is it safe? To, yeah. All right. Imagine this cantaloupe represents whatever resource you have. Maybe it's time, maybe it's money, maybe it's love, maybe it's kindness, hospitality, affection, compliments. It represents what you've got. Now you have a choice with every resource. How much of it are you gonna consume yourself? Like, are you gonna be like, this is mine, and hoard it? Or are you gonna spread it around, share it a little bit with other people? Now here's what's crazy important. If you take a resource like a, like a melon like this, and you decide, I'm going to consume all of this myself, you will run out. And so many people run out in their life. Their entire life, they've run out of money, they've run out of time, they've, they feel like they've run out of love, they feel like they've run out of friendship because they spend their whole life eating, consuming what they have. But there's another choice, and it is this. You can take the seeds from the fruit and you can say, you know what, I'm gonna plant these seeds. And planting the seeds looks like what? What does a farmer do, right? Scatter the seeds. 
And when you throw the seeds out and you scatter the seeds around, what happens? You have to give away some of the fruit to have the potential to grow another fruit, right? So if I took this big pile of seeds, I don't know how many seeds are in this pile, um, but maybe like a hundred or two, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna plant just this one seed. What would I end up with? At best, one cantaloupe. Sometimes the seed doesn't even grow, right? So I might end up with one cantaloupe, but if I have one cantaloupe and I plant one seed, I could double my haul, potentially. Or I could hundredth my call or two hundredth my call. I could plant so many cantaloupe seeds from my one cantaloupe that I could have a thousand cantaloupes in a couple years. But I have to make the choice to not keep it all for myself. I have to make the choice to say, I'm going to take some of this and I'm going to give it away to others. And maybe that looks like giving away some of your money to people that are poor. Maybe that looks like giving away some love to a relative that's kind of getting shafted somehow. Maybe it's taking some time to compliment a fellow student at school that you know is just having a really rough week. It's at some way we have to take a moment and scatter the seed and put the seed out there. Because if we keep all the seed, we're only gonna ever have one cantaloupe. And if all we have is one cantaloupe, and that's all we're ever gonna have, I'm pretty unwilling to share, right? If I really think this is it for me and my family, nothing else is ever gonna come to us, well, gosh, that's hard to share. But when we recognize, wait a second, there's a whole lot of cantaloupe to go around. If all I do is plant these seeds, I could have a thousand cantaloupes next year, then help yourself, right? I don't have to hoard it. I don't have to keep it all for myself. I can, Joe, you can have a piece, buddy, yeah. You can have a piece because I know more cantaloupe is coming back to me. I know there's more choices and more can come. If you keep all your money and you spend it only on yourself, you're going to run out of money. But if you're the kid at school that's like, hey, I'll buy you those chips. Hey, you don't have any lunch money? Let me help you out today. Do you think next time you're out of money, someone's going to buy you chips? Probably, right? Because you sowed. You put it out there. When you're lonely and you're feeling like your day is just horrible and you, and you look around and you see a friend that's hurting and instead of worrying about yourself, you go out to them and you just love on them a little bit, build them up a little bit. Do you think next time you're down, someone's going to look at you and go, hey, put their arm around you and support you? Because whatever we sow, whatever we plant, whatever seeds we put out there, the Bible tells us those are going to come back to us. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will reap a generous crop. You can get a huge crop from a pile of seeds, but you have to have the self-control to say, I'm not going to eat that all. I'm going to plant some of it. I'm going to plant some of it. And guys, there's not enough planting going on in our world right now. There's a whole lot more hoarding and keeping for ourselves of love and time and energy and affection and yes, money, keeping for ourselves and not enough sharing outward to others. And the Bible says in Luke chapter six, it says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with whatever measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if I measure kindness with a teaspoon, I'm going to get teaspoon level kindness back. But if I use a shovel, I'm going to get 
kindness shoveled back to me, if I use a backhoe and dig in deep and dump kindness on everyone I meet, then when I'm in need, kindness is gonna come back to me in full. Same with money, same with time, same with energy, same with prayers. All of it comes back to us in the way that we sow that seed. And students, this starts now. It doesn't start when you're growing up with a job that has money. It starts now when you've got five bucks and you give 50 cents back. The Bible says that our responsibility as believers is to bring one-tenth or 10% of our resources back to the kingdom work of God. But it's not just that. It's also about thinking of the poor and thinking of the broken around us. It's also thinking of how to spend our time in service to other people, which is the opposite of what the world is doing. James chapter two in the Bible says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a nice day, stay warm, eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does that do? When you really think about it, that's harsh, isn't it? It's mean to say, have a nice day, stay warm to a guy that has no blanket or to say, be well fed to someone that has no food. So James in this, in this verse is letting us know there's a correlation between Christianity and kindness. There's a correlation between God and generosity. And we, at whatever age we are, have to start figuring out how do I be generous? And I'll tell you what drove this home for me was when I was 15 years old, my church group sent a whole bunch of us teenagers down to Mexico to an orphanage. And it was mind-blowing to me to be there. There was a whole bunch of little kids that had no parents, and there were 86 kids and 109 total souls at this orphanage. And my church group went there, and we did weird, random jobs. My first job was I was sent into the kitchen at 15 uh, to help this woman. Her name was Ermana Linda, which means Sister Linda. And she instructed me in broken, I understood barely, kind of Spanish-English communication, to take the bread from the loaves and to scrape the mold off the bread and put it on the plate for lunch. And I tried hard to show her that this bread had mold on it. And I argued and I pointed and I said, Ugh. and she told me, she said, we have 86 children and this is all we have. And so I scraped mold off of bread and cried as we fed it to children. And that moment right there completely wrecked my life. It just changed everything. It helped me to realize things that really matter. And I fell in love with that orphanage in just that one week that my church group went down. And in fact, I found myself in the next six years going back seven additional times and spending a total of somewhere around six, seven months at this particular orphanage. And we didn't have stuff, guys. We didn't have anything. Um, one day, my job was to sit in a room of girls and one at a time pick through their hair and take out the lice knits and pop them so that the girls wouldn't have lice in their hair. That was my job for the day. Um, many days, I cleaned toilets. Um, toilets is a strong word. It's somewhere between a toilet and an outhouse because we also didn't have water. And so what we would have to do a lot of times is carry the dirty water that the washing machine spit out from washing our clothes that would carry that to the toilet and pour it in the back and then flush it. And we'd only flush if it was real bad because we didn't have enough water to flush. 
That was what it was like living at this orphanage, but I fell in love and I fell in love with these kids, but it always felt like we never had enough. And then one day, the leader of the orphanage, his name was, is Jim, and Jim came to the staff Bible time and it was the adults and I was like 16, so I guess they counted me as one. And so I was sitting there and Jim said, I've been studying the Bible my entire life and I know that God says that we should give 10% of everything we have to the kingdom work of God. And he's like, I personally have been doing that since I was young. He said, but as a leader of this orphanage, I always thought, of course, the orphanage should be the receiver of all the giving. But this orphanage has never gave. And I was like, well, heck yeah, we never gave. We don't have any food. We don't have any clothing. We don't have anything to give. We don't have water. It was so often that we'd run out of water for two or three days with 86 kids to take care of. And so I was like, obviously, we're not going to give. And Jim said to the group that day, he said, you know what? Nowhere in the Bible does it say give only if you have enough or give to everyone everywhere except if you're an orphanage, then you can just keep. So he said, from this day forward, we are going to give 10% of everything we have to people more poor than ourselves. And guys, my mind was just blowing up. I did not know what to do with this information. But we would get clothing donations from time to time. We would get food donations. In fact, that month, we legitimately ate animal crackers, plain animal crackers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for about three weeks because someone donated a large amount of expired animal crackers. So we would get food donations and we would get clothes donations and people would give us money sometimes and we would use it all just to make ends meet with the 86 kids. And so... He said, from now on, if someone gives us clothes, we are going to set aside 10% of the clothes to give to someone more poor than us from the village. And if someone gives us food, we are going to set aside 10% to give to someone more poor than us from the village. And if someone gives us money, we're going to set aside 10% to give to the local church that we all attend here in Tijuana to, to provide for the work of the church, because that's what the Bible says to do. And I remember going, I know that's true for me, like I'm willing to do that, but, but an orphanage giving money to others, that makes no sense at all. Uh, but we started doing it, and we started giving clothes away, and we started giving food away, and we started giving money away when it made no sense. And guys, what happened next also made no sense. One day, about six months after we started tithing, the president of Mexico asked the governor of the state of Mexico where the orphanage was, where is an orphanage I can go to? And he said, well, there's one over here. And he, he took the president of the country to this orphanage that I fell in love with, Kalina de Luz. And the president came and he looked around and he said, you guys are doing a great job here. What is one thing that you need? And so Jim said, we need water. We do not have water for the children. And the president said, it's done. And the very next day, backhoes and big tractor equipment showed up at the orphanage and laid a pipeline underground miles and miles and miles away to this nearest source of clean water. And there was never, ever a water bill sent to the orphanage to this day for this water. And guys, you can't get clean water piped anywhere in Mexico, but this orphanage has it. And you know why? Because they realize generosity extends everywhere. It doesn't just end because you don't feel like you have enough. And the president of Mexico made sure that this random, you know how many orphanages there are in Mexico? Thousands, 
thousands. But this one tiny little orphanage that said, no, 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 giving doesn't stop with us. We get from God, we give to others. We get and we give. And that's true of an orphanage, and it's true of us too. We get energy, we give energy to others. We get compliments, we give compliments to others. We get money, we give money to others. We get love, we give love to others. We receive comfort, we give comfort to others. We receive kindness, we pour out kindness to others. Whatever we're getting from God is coming in and going out. And if an orphanage can say, the giving doesn't stop with me, then we can say the giving doesn't stop with us too. And that is when generosity begins to win over greed. And guys, I wanna challenge you tonight. Even though we did pretty good, did pretty good on our survey up there and you guys gave some really good answers to some really difficult situations, I wanna challenge us to level up when it comes to our giving, when it comes to our generosity and the way we interact with the people around us in kindness. Would you close your eyes for a second? God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would impart to these students a spirit of generosity, that you would help them to be truly generous and loving and kind to the people around them, that what they receive from you, they would pour out to others. If that's time, that they would give their time to serve others. If that's money, that they would give their money to serve others. If that's love, that they would pour out even more love to serve others. If that's compliments, whatever it is, whatever resource you pour into our lives, that you would help us to pour that very resource back into the lives of the people around us. God, help us to never be more stingy than an orphanage, but to always recognize we can plant that seed, we can pour it out, we can give it, and then watch that as we're faithful to give, that you can give even more back to us because you know you can trust us with resources and that we'll share them all around. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.